Hello, Tracy. How are you today? Hey, Pat. I'm good. Thank Excellent. you. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and what's going on at 4-H and everything. Sure, sure. I'm Tracy Newton. I currently reside out in the rural area of Sanger. Ah. I grew up in the South Valley in a community called Traver. Oh, yeah. Very small community. Yeah, very small. Rural. Um, many, many years ago, obviously, school, kindergarten through eighth grade, enjoyed the environment mm -hmm. of that rural area. Lots of best friends were from the farming communities as well as farm laborers. Um, so I've got a very good uh, background with the underserved areas and communities, having grown up in Absolutely. that myself. Um, I went on to Kingsburg as high school and found my way to working through Sunmade Raisin for a short time. Oh, yeah. Went on to land in the field of dentistry and completed about 20 plus years wow. in the dental field. Oh, okay. All <laughs> of the while the entire time. Uh, serving in the 4-H program as a volunteer leader with my children out in the Sanger Is that area. right? So you've got how many years just, I mean, you started, what, 20 years ago? Is I, it? I, I was a 4-H youth at the age of about 10 to 12 wow. down in the Kingsburg area and uh, became a volunteer with the 4-H program mm -hmm. in 2003 and served for 12 years as a volunteer club leader, project leader. And now I find myself as the Fresno County 4-H program coordinator, yeah. the only paid staff person yeah, in the, the county um, yeah, directing the program of 4-H here in Fresno yeah, County. Yeah, you've got a very big job. I mean, yes. there is a lot going on here. I, I, like I said, I, I briefly went through the um, Internet and did some searching and everything on 4-H. And... Um, who are, do you, I mean, 4-H started like in the, what, late 1800s? Like 120 yeah. years ago. Yeah, we are just about 120 years in existence now. Part of the land-grant university system yeah. where they were taking, uh, you know, higher education out into the rural areas. Uh -huh. um, the University of California Cooperative Extension has 4-H programming in virtually every county in California at this time. Fresno County itself uh, chartered their first leaders council in 1956. Wow. So we developed 4-H here locally in 1956 and we've been going strong ever since. Yeah, I remember in the 70s, I think Fresno's population was like 60,000 and that was Fresno, yeah. not at the outskirts. Right. <laughs> you know, it was like right. nothing there. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I saw that in it, it's in every county, is it? Yes. I mean, there's like yes. 60 some counties in Fresno. I mean, in, in, in California. Yeah, in the state alone. There, there may be six or seven who don't currently have 4-H yeah, programming, yeah. but it's a small number. So, and then you report to who? Is there an outlining? Well, we're an extension of the University of California's Ag, Ag and Natural Resources. Fresno so State. So you'll know Ag and Natural Resources through the University of California. Okay, okay. So the UC systems, which consists of, I believe, 10 campuses and then multi-layers of cooperative extension services. Oh. So that's where it comes. We are under the umbrella of 
UC California. However, we're part, we're a part of Ag and Natural Resources specifically, right. which runs the Master Gardeners program, uh-huh. the 4-H Youth Development, the CalFresh Nutrition program, as well as multiple farm advisors with various specialties like soils, crops, irrigation. Yeah. Um, How do you organize all that? I mean, well, I, I stay very focused on yeah. our 4-H program, yeah. uh, which I've got currently 19 active clubs throughout uh-huh. the county. So our clubs stretch from Kalinga up to Sierra High School, uh, Kingsburg, and then North Fresno. So it's okay. So you're in charge of all those. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. How many? How many kids? Well, prior to COVID, we ran with about 800 kids was a strong, good number for right. us. You know, 20 years ago, that number was probably 1,500, but Double. it's dropped off some over the years. Yeah. Um, COVID, of course, took a toll sure. on us. Yeah. Any hands-on experiential learning program was going to suffer through that time. The poor kids. So we dropped to about 300 during the peak of oh, COVID. Oh, man. And uh, now, currently, we're back up over 700. Cool. So coming back. Yeah. Numbers. So usually you have, l- let's call it an average of 800 mm-hmm. kids in 4-H in your district or I don't know what you Our county. It, your county. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, every year. Yes. Wow. That's, yes. A, that's a huge number. Yeah. I mean, that's a, like, that's bigger than a graduation of like uh, Buchanan or something. It's I think a pretty got about that much or something. Pretty good size number. Yeah. 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 You know. Most of the people that I've talked to that are leaders in the agricultural group attended 4-H. Right. And went like, you know, you're talking right. about. So you probably know a lot of them, you know, that went through the Fresno State thing. Yes. And yes. the way they explained it to me is they went through 4-H and did all, you know, all the programs and then went into Fresno State and went, man, I did all this in 4-H. Right. right. Already. Yeah. You know, practically, you know, yes. th- I mean, there's a lot of ab- academic, I know, at Fresno State and everything, but. Um, right. There yeah, was there, a lot. There are vast components to our program that cover everything from, you know, project skill right. and development based on the projects of their interest that yeah. they pursue, whether it's livestock, agriculture, science, um, and then the element of leadership development. Yeah. Public speaking community service all of these things are components that yeah which produce great kids with great skill what what i really liked about it is they you and they you used um kids to teach kids yes by doing it and and by and by them showing them how to do it rather than sitting up on a whiteboard or video or something saying this is how you do things I never, I never learned like that. I always learned mm-hmm. by doing. Yeah. You have to show me how to do right. it. And then I know exactly how to do it. But I, I was a 50-50 kid in school about just the chalkboard stuff, you know. Yeah. And it was chalkboard back when I was oh, a kid. Oh, absolutely. I don't know about you. I'm there too. Yeah. You know, I saw some really cool stuff. I mean, you guys have a motto to make the best better. Right. And then you have a slogan, learn by doing. Mm-hmm. And a pledge. The pledge is. As is a true 4 H member, I pledge my head to clear thinking, my heart to greater loyalty, my hands to larger service, my health to better living for my club, my community, my county, 
and my world. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what we produce is young people growing into adults who are productive, very productive s citizens. Yeah. Um, and, and then what I saw was um, the projects, you know, arts and crafts, camping, backpacking, citizenship, clothing and texture, service learning, guide dogs. I was involved real heavily with guide oh. dogs. Um, computers. I mean, you guys do everything. Animal work, science. I even saw you guys do archery, trap shooting. You do, um, I mean, all these great outdoor services. Yeah. And at what cost? Well, project costs are simply whatever it is to start the project. So if you're going to be in a livestock for the project, individual, for the individual, okay. if you're going to join the meat goat project right. and you're going to purchase a goat, that, that cost is absorbed by the member. Um, but the experiences and the knowledge and the resources that we offer, there is no charge for that. Yeah. And in something like a leather craft project, you might have to invest in material for your project. But in terms of the skill, the resources, again, there's no cost for that. Wow. Now, do you have a, um, a place, a facility where kids go to learn or how does that work? Well, the majority of our membership is structured as community clubs. Okay. So when I said there are 19 clubs, right. I would direct a new family to explore the clubs that are accessible to them sure. in their area and visit a club. Uh, one thing that we should probably emphasize is the fact that we are a volunteer-based RAN organization. Absolutely. So every adult who's mentoring these youth, who's teaching project skills, who's leading as a club leader, they're all volunteering their time to right. our program. Now, do you so have an issue with volunteers, or do you just, I mean, you <laughs> probably well, have too many. Well, <laughs> no. sometimes I tell folks that volunteers can be the beauty and the thorn of our, pro of yeah, our program. Yeah. You know, people and come beauty. and they do have to go through some orientations and online trainings, oh. about three and a half hours worth of time invested, yeah. as well as having a background check and a DOJ live scan completed. So we definitely want to keep our youth safe in all That's great. elements of yeah, the program. So you, yeah, so you have your, the mentors, I'll, I'll call them. Yes, um, yes. They do department, they go through the Department of Justice. I don't, you don't run them at, unless they're 18 or older, probably. Correct. Uh, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't have anything, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and you'd know who was doing it. And you coordinate all that? I do. I oh. do. <laughs> I work with all of our adult leaders. I, I try very hard to emphasize the expansion and the growth of the program, yeah, you know, and that's very time consuming. Right. So when you have to also maintain all of the uh, enrollment records and your um, business accounts through, obviously it costs some money to offer and run a program like 4-H, sure. just in terms of the county level events. So within the body of those 19 clubs, you know, each club will have its activities and then each club will offer projects for which they've got a volunteer leader for. Mm -hmm. But all clubs are unique and different because they can only offer the topics that they've got a leader for. Yeah. So one club may have, 18 volunteers and offer 18 projects while another may only have six so wow. um, you help to coordinate and provide resources yeah in 
terms of club and project activities. And then we hold things at a county level. We have county level events each year, like a public speaking contest, which is called County Presentation Day. Wow. And the kids get to come forward and give demonstrations, presentations, impromptu speeches, right. and have an opportunity to earn medals and awards. Wow. Uh, very soon here we have an event called Festive Food Fair, and that's centered around cooking foods, baking, foods preservation. And all of the kids yeah, bring I out their entries. <laughs> <laughs> you may need to come serve as a yeah, judge so guy. that you can taste these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you, you but know, lots of county level events, 4-H yeah. fair and oh, yeah. various you, things. You know, the only, I, I, my family, they were, they're big agricultural. And I never really, I got into a different part of agriculture. But everybody they knew did 4-H. And I remember going to the, uh, the fair with my family mm -hmm. and that was a big 4-h thing because the kids were there with the animals and everything and you still do this to this day absolutely I, you know, and county fair is a is a big event for us and right. for our youth and uh in addition to county fair in october we hold a small event in spring usually it's first weekend of may and it's the 4-h fair so it's similar to what you see happening at county level but it's just for 4-hers so that they have another opportunity during the year to uh show off their skill knowledge yeah. and um, enter their exhibits for a chance for awards and ribbons and things God. yeah I, I saw um they do barrel racing i saw something like that on the website yeah so Clo are you involved with Clovis Rodeo at all? Or? Well, actually, the rodeo has been a great supporter of 4-H yeah. over the years. Yeah. And this year, they've, they've brought forth a phenomenal opportunity in, in the fact that they're offering a fundraiser benefiting great. our program. And there's a Cowgirl Up luncheon happening March 19th. I believe tickets are sold out at this point, but wow, uh, all proceeds are going to benefit yeah. 4-H. So they're a great supporter yeah. of what we do. But our horse program... Uh, generally runs through small private ranches uh -huh. and having uh for instance this sunday on the 27th we have a horse play day for our kids that's happening where they're going to see some demonstrations of various disciplines and events that you can uh, utilize your horse project for right. and compete in as well as uh, just a fun day out on horseback for the kids. So wow. any element of raising animals and livestock, it really develops great responsibility skills and just a compassion for the animals and things. Yeah. And well, like run, can you run, like let's say, you know, a kid, he gets you in a scenario, he, you know, or I, first of all, this looks like a, a female type of a deal. I mean, is there more females than males? I would say probably the ratio yeah. is, is higher on the female side. But, you know, if you go out and you get involved in shooting sports and you're in riflery, shotgun, yeah. archery, that's predominantly it, the males. Yeah, then it kind of sways yeah, over. Yeah, it sways, I know, sways. Yeah, I know women like their horses. <laughs> they do. Yeah, they, they, do. they love horses. The, the Horse power. Project. Although this year in the Fairmont, Reedley, Sanger area, we have a horse project and yeah. with about 28 kids this year of which about six were males young young boys Neat. so it's Neat. good yeah it's now, good. now let's cut through a scenario so i'm a little kid and i want to take on a let's say a goat or a cow mm -hmm. how does that how does that work well first i would refer the family to explore the various clubs that are listed on our website uh -huh. and when you go through that website and click a name of a club 
for instance, rural route out in Riverdale. Okay. And so let's let's look at rural routes programming and what they offer. Right. So when you go into the website and access that club, you'll see a club flyer pop up. Right. And on the club flyer, you'll see all the projects they currently offer, what night of the month the club meets, who the club leaders are and what their contact information is so that I, that family can immediately contact the club leader and ask, when is your next club meeting? Verify that the flyer dates are accurate. Right. And so uh, they go out, visit, observe, yeah. meet that. If you wanted to raise a dairy heifer, then meet the dairy leader, speak with them, and get connected. There is a lot of responsibility mm -hmm. on raising a, um, a producing animal. Oh, yeah. Because I, I live up in uh, Madeira, and uh, all the kids that they, they, I see them, they're always doing chores all the time because they own horses, cows, milk cows, dairy cows, slaughter cows, goats, yes, you know, and, and a whole host of other animals, right? You know, and they all go through 4 H, which is incredible. I mean, I, I've never seen anything so put together and so well organized as a program like this, and, and I've seen a lot. When I was a child, I, I grew up in a, in a middle – I mean, we, we were rural, but – and I don't know why I – you know, and I asked my mom about that. She's pretty old and everything about 4-H, and why didn't I get involved in it or anything? She said it wasn't, it, it wasn't really something that we got involved with, and I was like, wow, you know, but I was an inner city. Right. It, it, this Is it more for – you know, an outer... We actually have programming that is uh, just across the board beneficial to all youth in all settings and communities, neighborhoods. Uh, but the the underserved inner city areas is where we have the hardest time right. developing those clubs. Right. Because we need to first off have the volunteer leaders available and willing to come on board, take on the responsibility. Then we need to have a secured meeting location. Right. Uh, we have the majority of our established clubs currently have been established and chartered for probably 10 to 20 plus years, most of them. Wow. I have a few newer clubs, such as the Fresno Street Saints from the West Fresno Edison area and uh, the Royal Roots 4-H chartered club that's my newest club they're developing a location at the Zimmerman Boys and Girls Club uh -huh. here in Fresno and downtown. Uh -huh. So we hope to see growth and outreach to bring in those inner city kids so that they can have an opportunity. And, and those clubs may be structured a bit differently than the rural areas because they may not have as many opportunities to raise livestock. But that doesn't mean that they can't have that learning opportunity and, and skill knowledge base of having the uh, information brought to them and an opportunity to handle chickens and learn about poultry and yeah, egg, egg production. Um, so yeah. we, we can do those things if we just get in the right neighborhood and have the access to the adults to help sure. bring it I, forward. I didn't realize how big poultry was. Poultry's it's enormous. Yeah. I, I, I know how big dairy is because, you know, the numbers and everything, but I never... Uh, until I talked to an academic at a Fresno State, we did a podcast together, and I was like, "Jeez!" I mean, the stuff that she was telling me was—it was unbelievable how large poultry is, yes, and how many billions of dollars, right? You know, of everything that right. we do here in the valley. Yeah, I, I 
God, I would just heavily suggest people get involved in 4-H, you yeah. know, and, and like you said, contact your local people and everything. So these slogans, mottos, and pledges, do these kids, th do they need to, like, memorize these and recite them and stuff? And yeah, when, when yeah. we have children join our 4-H clubs, as first-year members, we offer a project called Beginning 4-H. Okay. And in that project, we introduce them to the motto. We help them to memorize the pledge. The pledge is recited before every club meeting, wow. every county event. Yeah. Um, we have a summer camp program, and every morning we have a flag ceremony at summer camp where we go through our pledges. So we pledge to the flag of the United States first, yeah, and then followed by our pledge to the 4-H flag. Excellent, excellent. So well, like, like I said, it was developed in, in the you know, late 1800s. Right. So you carried all those, you know, behaviors that you know, the forefathers have adopted, which is excellent and everything. I, I, I'm just blown away by the whole thing. Um, see, and then didn't they have goals and programs and creeds? And then there's 1900. Yeah. It, 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 this is, I mean, it's just... You know, sheep project, poultry projects. This it goes on forever, and there was a. It says after the Smith Lever Act was passed. I get that was a long time ago in the nineteen fourteen. Yeah, or that something, huh? that was in the developmental stages of moving the program forward as the land grant university system. Yeah, I don't know how you do it all by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah. I have fabulous volunteers. Mm -hmm. Our volunteer club leaders. Uh, the majority of them have children in the program yeah. at the time, but those gems that I value so highly are those adults who stay on board after their youth and kids have grown and graduated and moved on out of the program. And I have probably a dozen adults who continue to serve in some capacity uh, even though their children have aged out of the program. Wow. So that's well, key for me. You get to see the true goodness of people. Absolutely. That, that's what I, I think. Th yeah. This is all about seeing the truth. You know, this isn't about numbers or, you know, computer hacking or whatever the kid, uh, you know, games or whatever. The, this is about outdoor, you know, action, getting sunlight, you know, and having a uh, having a good time doing it. Right. The, the best part about this, uh, from what I've seen, is is these kids that teach kids. Right. I mean, that, that is an enormous benefit yeah. in teaching. The leadership education. development component is is really large. Mm -hmm. I mean, as young as the age of twelve, the kids can serve in a capacity of a junior leader. Right. And then once they're fourteen and up, it's considered a teen leader, and we bring the kids through with resources in developing their leadership skills. Yeah. But most importantly, just watching the nurturing and the building of relationships as they mentor those younger kids, and then those kids grow up and want to be what they saw and admired in, right. in the teenager when they were in the club yeah. who helped and assisted them. And they grow through their achievement ranks as well, which is a huge uh, self-confidence builder. I've, I've watched small young members come in and, and cling to their parents' legs and be shy of stepping forward to even say hello yeah. as a seven, eight-year-old. And then they come about as a 12-year-old and become a flag bearer. And then soon they're older and they're wanting to run for club president. And they're confident and they're 
their speaking skills are just incredible. And That's credible. It's yeah. like watching a flower blossom. These kids just develop. Because you don't learn that in school. No. I mean, and none of your actions or whatever, it, it's, it's stuff that, you know, I learned it because the way I grew up. But it's not like that anymore. And right. you have to... You, ha- you have to look for some outlet like 4-H in order to be able to blossom, like you said, and learn all these things that you, you don't learn in school anymore. Right. And, and your athletics, you know, those are great yeah, extracurriculum as yeah. well when you're on sports teams and things. But there's something just a little bit more um, in-depth about coming into a program where you develop leadership skills yeah. and and mentoring with young members and achieving at a high level whether it's sure. county fair or a state horse show um we we can just go into so many directions with the right. education and the development yeah. i myself i started in i i was uh, an athlete you know in, in school and then um later in life well not later in life but in my uh well, see when i was 16 my dad I got my first car, and the next day I thought I was going to, I was going to, you know, I was thinking, I'm going to get the car, I'm going to go pick up my buddies and mm. go for a ride. And he comes in, and my dad's a farmer. He was, mm-hmm. yeah, they, we own farms. And he said, uh, what you doing? I said, hey, I'm going to go pick up Eric and Jim, you know, we're going to go. And he goes, yeah, he goes, we're going to go out to breakfast. I said, he said, come on. So early in the morning, we go out to breakfast at Klein's restaurant, we have breakfast when I was a kid I was 60 17 almost 60 and a half and uh, he said yeah you know that car I bought you I said yeah he goes you're gonna pay that off I said how he says come on I said where are we going he says your new job oh new job <laughs> what you know he's like so he drove me to the neighborhood gas station he goes this is your new employer <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah and I went on like that I mean that but when my son, he went to Clovis West, and he, he was a scholar, and he did really well. And I, I told him early on, I said, you've got to do something, okay? You can't just go to school. Right. There's a, like 4-H or, or you, you have to go on and do something with yourself. And he picked debate, and he became really good debate. Then he became That's an attorney and all that, you fabulous. know, and it all fit in. But I, I highly recommend Telling people and teaching people about 4-H programs because it's incredible. Yes. I often say we're a well-kept secret and we don't intend it to be that way. Yeah, you are. It's not intended to be that way. But with no money for marketing, you know, there's no funding for that. Therefore, it's just predominantly word of mouth and friends, inviting friends. Yeah. um, Basically what I've seen, you know, I'm pretty much new is it started with all these outskirts so you have land and farming and everything and it it, and it was like i go to 4-h you go to 4-h we go to 4-h you know and the inner city like we were talking about it kind of gets they don't their minds aren't set (coughs) you know on 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 things like this and uh, well we're developing new ways of reaching those kids too i mean in addition in addition to your community clubs, these traditional club structures, you know, we are now exploring and, and growing with the concept of after-school programs. Yeah. You know, maybe the kids in the inner cities aren't able to get out to the local clubs, but we can come into the after-school program settings where the kids are already 
gathered and we can offer some experiences in a short-term project of sewing or foods preservation or poultry education right and we can come to them and, th and that's what we're trying to develop and grow to bring that opportunity forward to these underserved areas or inner city kids where um, there may not be a club down the street because right. that club exists in the outer outskirts of the city limits and right. it's hard to always get them there but that's if, a good idea if we can grow there we've got some expansion now and new programming starting over in the jane adams school area where's that um, that's going to be uh, mckinley in 99 okay and elena pacheco is very active in working with our local 4-h program both as a volunteer uh -huh. um, she was in a special program of financial literacy for a time and uh, teaching through uc for that as well sure but you know we we know there's a need we know there's a huge benefit so it's just trying to find those areas where we can get some support whether it's partnering partnering with a you know existing boys and girls club or an existing after-school program but bring forth the introduction and the programming of 4-h into those settings as well Wow! yeah it, I was talking to a person about he was a farmer and he was and he does a lot of nonprofit things and 4-H and stuff and uh, Ryan Jacobson he's a Fresno yes yeah yeah he's a great guy yes and he, uh, he was telling me about bringing food to kids that don't get enough food and using 4-H and all this stuff you know all these all these great you know ways of getting in touch with people but you have to go to them and explain and how now how does that going into the schools mm -hmm. how does that who does stuff like that well again it's just me Volunteer. so you do it's, that it's difficult to always take advantage of the opportunities that present present themselves because of your schedule yeah just yeah. just being over impacted with things yeah. and yeah i know it took a lot to get you in here yes, and i'm it really did. i really I appreciate apologize that for the multiple oh, no, no, rescheduling i knew that yeah, yeah. i got i looked yeah. at that and i went Oh, she's overwhelmed. Yeah, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, and, and I always knew that. So that was. But again, the great volunteers, they're the backbone of, of what we do. So, you know, sometimes it's just finding the person who has the availability and then me being able to give them all the necessary information, right. bring forth the resources and just help them build the foundation for yeah, you becoming manage, a volunteer yeah you're you're the manager you manage yeah. everybody and it, that's incredible i mean so how do you guys i mean how does 48 okay so the, you have to be paid i mean you're a nonprofit and everything right. that doesn't mean the money flows through the trees and drops no. off the no. the clouds it means you got to hustle and go right go get it how do you do that well, this position that I hold as the only paid staff for the county program, right. uh, it had been funded fully through the UC A and R budget, right. which flows from our governor and down through the UC system. Uh, and about four years ago, there was some some flat budgets and years of they didn't want to qualify it and quantify it as cuts per se, but the budget was flat, and therefore we saw cuts to our funding at the program representative level which is what i hold okay so let me it, it, this comes it, it's not a city or county contribution this comes from 
the state correct of California. This comes from Sacramento. From the, the UC budget. system. From the UC system. Out of the state of California. Okay. Correct. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't. It doesn't make yeah. I mean, what does? I mean, you know, stuff like this doesn't make sense right. to me. Well, there is a partnership with the county on on a level of the county of fresno provides our facilities that's what i'm concerned about we're housed out of the uc merced building uh but the county of fresno does support cooperative extension overall as Uh a whole and then of which 4-h is a part of that so So there are benefits from county level yeah so you do get does the city help you at all no okay that's a problem they need to do that yeah especially if you're you're you know, buying for inner city kids that really need this, you know, there, there's an issue there. They need to step up. So county participates. But now, what happened four years ago? They just ran out of money. They can't. We're the highest tax state in the right. <laughs> nation. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, the way it was presented to us is that there was going to be a decentralization of funds for the program representative position and that they could no longer support it a hundred percent so they were going to rely on local support and some of my colleagues in places like Tulare County um, had the county step up and fully fund and they became an actual county employee in Kings County and Tulare County county so the county did that Um, and here we did get some help but they weren't in a place where they were able to just completely fund the position. Um, So I'm still a UC employee. However, with the decentralization of funding, they restructured it to be a reimbursement of enrollment fees. So one thing we haven't touched on is the cost of the actual program. Yeah, please. And so for a youth to sign up in Fresno County 4-H program, it's $68 a child. Okay, per year. Per year. Okay. And then if you're... If you were involved in projects without any expenses, then there's no additional cost other than funding of your projects. Um, So the funding used to go completely 100% to the state office. It flows from the youth paying their club, the club paying the county, and county sending all of that funding to the state. Then in turn, the state would pay to have a program rep for your county program. So they've now restructured to a point of we're going to allow you to keep 75% of that fee, and and that's not verbatim. I'm just yeah. giving you the example. Yeah. So they, they're allowing us to keep a, a portion of the fees, but it has to be used to fund your program position for your staff person. Okay. So the problem being that funding based on enrollment money, COVID struck, yeah. <laughs> and enrollment numbers plummeted. So okay, we now that was that because of the county? I mean, w- enrollment. Oh, you mean no, people just were people who were yeah, so people fear, fear, yeah, and the fact that we were restricted in of having in person meetings and activities for a long period of time, we were uh, limited to virtual online learning only, <sighs> and with the kids being restricted to virtual learning in their classrooms the last thing they wanted to do was come home virtually learn <laughs> virtually participate yeah. in 4-h yeah yeah so you're doing that in school so right you d- yeah w- what they want to do is they want to go in school in the classroom and, and get all frustrated and everything and then go outdoors and do things do right things, yeah. and that's what 4-h yeah. is about so when but we opened back up that's when we saw our numbers come back to life but that that decrease 
definitely affected the funding for the program and that position. was what probably for the last two years yeah huh? and then yeah. now you're seeing it gradually or is it's, it coming back pretty it's good? coming back pretty solid and, and much much more uh, promptly than we had feared it would so yeah that's a good thing yeah i know the um visalia county farm bureau and the kings county farm bureau i do all the farm bureaus mm-hmm. and everything and they all talk up for h and everything you know as a superior you know teaching tool and i think it is too for 68 dollars you know you can't go wrong the problem is is transportation i i I could see that yeah getting kids getting kids to to certain places Mm -hmm. where you meet that would probably be the only the only issue there you know and everything right as far as um anything else goes yeah they so they cut your, your so they want you to what do more um private earning right so there was a time where they were instructing us to be planning for fundraisers uh, we have never held a fundraiser in the county of fresno for 4h in its existence is that right we have functioned over the years off of a very generous sponsoring committee who has an annual letter writing campaign and many of the local businesses and community supporters might receive that letter annually Uh asking for a donation to our nonprofit program and it's generally produced somewhere between 16 and 20,000 a year Um, but there was a time prior to my coming on in 2016 you know where we had a new employee who was running the program and and really struggling trying to understand the program having no knowledge and background yeah and the many faucets of what we do it's it's just overwhelming almost initially so our sponsoring funding dropped off to be about eleven thousand a year for a couple of years there wow so um but that's the programmatic money that pays for the ribbons and the awards and the facility facilities that we use and um all the things that we do uh, in offering our ambassador program and civic engagement opportunities to take part in things like California Focus, Washington Focus for civic engagement. Um, there are lots of things that, that we offer. Yeah, I, it, it really, to turn you into a, you know, a money grabbing, that, that's not what you're all about. Right. And you never have been that way. And all of a sudden they said, hey, you got to go out and hustle for money. You know, it's like, geez, how, how do yeah. we, you need a, you probably need a full-time person just to do that. I, I'm serious. Yes. To, and, and that it was, you manage again. It was very you know? discouraging for me for a period of time you where know I how, thought yeah. that, you know, I can't do this much longer if I have to do both, run the program and then supplement my own salary by seeking support or planning fundraisers and then be the bookkeeper over those funds uh, as well as do all of my work which i much prefer to be out with our clubs and our kids yeah 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 so with the recent increase in budget though the governor did increase substantially to the uc system Ah. but our concern is how will that trickle down through the UC system of their 10 campuses and then the research centers throughout the state of California. The, uh, like out in Parlier, the UC A&R Research Center in uh-huh. Parlier, they've got, I believe, six or eight of those throughout the state. So all of that additional funding starts at the top with the UC 
campuses, right. then the UC research centers, and then we come down into the UC A&R division, and then you've got all your farm advisors, all of your nutrition programs, all of sure. your master gardeners, food preservationists, uh, and 4-H comes in somewhere down at the bottom. Yeah, your hands out <laughs> way at the bottom. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of interested in who's lobbying for you. Well, we've got some great support through people like Ryan Jacobson yeah. and the Farm Bureau. Yeah. Um, at state level, Farm Bureau was advocating strongly for 4-H. Yeah, he's into it. Whenever they first made the announcement of the funding cuts to the program staff, um, there was a county over in Salinas area where they were uh, developing bumper stickers, we love 4-H, and just, yeah. you know, in in any way they could trying to support the program and bring awareness to what we were facing. Um we have great s community support through people like the Clovis Rodeo Association and them hosting a fundraising event in March and all proceeds benefiting 4-H. We also are planning our first ever standalone event uh, hosted by the Masonic Lodge of Sanger, actually, and the, the lo yeah. local chapters of the Masons offering a fundraising dinner benefiting Fresno County 4-H. Yeah. So that's happening in June, on June 11th. Good. Um, but community partners also uh, with Chevron, having given us some grant money to Neat. offer STEM and science projects, as well as the Cash and Family Foundation. Yeah. The Newhall Family Foundation mm -hmm. out of the West valley area yeah the west side they've yeah. they've contributed an amount annually to help great. us where we fell short great so thank goodness for our community supporters and well yeah fresno uh, county they are the wealthiest farm you know they, they put out the most farming and so you know and then tulare's got the cows and everything dairy and uh you know it, it Fresno 4-H should be probably, a, you know, a, a winner as far as I'm concerned and everything. So as far as that goes, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about or, you know, is, is there uh, any ways we can help you raise money? <laughs> well, <laughs> that event in June, that's that's a big deal for us, okay. having, having never had – a fundraising event you know most of our local FFA chapters right. they have annual parties events barbecues of which I'm a supporter I've got tickets to the Clovis event that's coming up this Saturday night uh, you know I've attended for Kingsburg for Reedley uh, and here we find ourselves now where we need to we need to host our own party right. and um, with the partnership of an entity who can set up an adult-style event where you have alcohol and entertainment yeah. and music and um, for the 21 and over crowd. Sure. So having the partnership through the Masonic Lodge, having them host the event yeah. with proceeds benefiting our program. Now, do you sell tickets and do auctions and all that We will do stuff? all of those things. Yeah. 50-50 yeah. drawing, stuff. a dessert auction, yeah. um, live auction items. Uh, that's going to be held out at the Alley V venue, uh -huh. sort of north, uh, excuse me, west, southwest Fresno. Yeah, now how do you get the word out? 
That, see, that's the whole point. Well, we're going to rely Things heavily like this, on social media, yeah, social of course. Media. I have yeah. a young lady. She's an alumni 4-H member by the name of Eleanor Cumming. Uh-huh. And Eleanor is now an employee with Harris Ranch Beef. Great. And she's doing some great uh, platform work in the form of social media promotion. Great. And she's come on board to come back to the program that she grew up in and sure. she loves. And she's willing to, you know, offer her expertise and do some well, promotional yeah. marketing yeah, for that's us. That's the good of people again. Yes. You know, coming yes. back and doing and, and giving back what, what they got. Yes. You know, and she doesn't, they don't have to do that. And right. You know, and there's so much to do right now because it, of the, you know, downside and, and we have to come up in our society and everybody mm-hmm. has to grow back again. And I imagine the kids, I, I've seen some, terrible things happen to the kids in education in the way and they really need to you know look about doing things yes and that's the other component for us you know in addition to funding is just having those adults who are willing to give a few hours a month to our program right and maybe you've got a passion for um woodworking and you have just a handful of woodworking tools at home these kids would thrive and enjoy working under an adult mentor. Yeah. And we do have recently now with Elena Pacheco, her mother passed away some time back, and she's restored and refurbished her home near Fresno City College. Uh-huh. She's titled it Nana's House, and she's going to do some nonprofit work out of sure. that home there. So we've got some locations that are coming to life here in Fresno area. Again, the Zimmerman Boys and Girls Club with the Royal Roots. Yeah. Uh, 4-H club so just for people to keep in mind that you know it, uh, you don't have to be the young parent of the kids who come into the program but you might be the retired grandparent or uh, someone who just finds some time on their hands and and has a passion for a project and a topic that they'd like to pass a skill on to our youth then we'd love to get you signed up as a volunteer leader <laughs> yeah the, the biggest skill that I see is the socialization and, and and the leadership, they're 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 learning how to grow and be leaders in the community rather than just go to school and you know learn things and then go try to get a job and not know any of these social skills, which is probably eighty percent of, of doing something. Absolutely, you know. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I appreciate you coming in and spending your time with me because I know your time's very valuable, and I saw that before. That's why I, I kept pursuing you because, <laughs> you, you know, I, I knew. I said, wow, she's really overloaded and everything. So, you know, I appreciate you, and um, I'll well, do whatever you. I can. Thank you for put, the opportunity. Yeah, I'll get the word out. I'll do a lot of marketing with this, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to people and everything and see if we can, uh, you know, get you some more support. That'd be great. Okay. That'd be great. Okay. Thank you Fresno very much. Fresno County 4-H. Yeah. You can how do we, how you do we can, get a hold of you? Yeah, you can Google Fresno County 4-H. That's what yeah. I tell and most you, folks. I'm going to leave you with my business card okay. with um, a brochure for our program. Here, let me see that. Yeah, as we well as one of our newest ventures is the Forever 4-H Endowment. Uh-huh. And through the California 4-H Foundation, they've given us the opportunity to start endowments in the counties at county level so once we develop 
and grow our endowment in Fresno County to a place of about $500,000, we'll generate about 20000 a year in revenue, which will fund the shortfall of what we need for the full-time package of a program staff. Which so. is $25 million? Well, that's the total amount of the endowment through the UCANR program. For the everything or but what? Yeah, for everything. Yeah. So because it's such a large amount and we get to be a part of that large amount, yeah. it reaps great reward in terms of you know the annual percentage rates of, of revenue yeah. off of that. So, so $25 million is the statewide. Yes. Okay. But our goal yeah. at, a, at a program level for a county, if – in six years from now, if we can be at a million dollars, it'll generate forty thousand a year revenue for the program. So is that where you are? You're at right now. We're dollars? just starting. We have fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, we are just were. starting. <laughs> yeah, but you're supposed you supposed to be at a million dollars. We would love budget. to be. We would love to be at a million dollars budget. A million dollars in the endowment. Okay, that would programmatically be a big goal. for us to run our program is about twenty two thousand a year, and then the shortfall. That's all? Yeah. But the shortfall for the staff is somewhere around thirteen to twenty thousand, depending on enrollment numbers. Yeah. Well, then, so then there's your you're the only really paid employee. Yes. The whole thing, so there's your salary and everything, but that's nothing compared to everything. Right. So this endowment, this Forever for H endowment, the right. concept behind that is, if we can grow the endowment to that point of a million dollars, then we will be certain that regardless of what the shortfalls might be for your staff, we can pull it out of the revenue of the endowment. Right. And we'll be covered. Well, it's money well spent. Yes. I mean, th yes. this is terrific. So people can get a hold of you through your website, Yes, Facebook. the website, my direct phone at the office is 559-241-7525. Okay. I'm on email, Newton at ucanr.edu and all of our contact information can be found right there on the website Excellent. as well well good luck and thank uh, you pat yeah yeah we'll wrap that up and i'll see what i can help you with thank you so much have a great day uh -huh. bye-bye good deal